Welcome in to the New Orleans Saints podcast, hosted by Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers who cover the team on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your hosts, Aaron Summers and John DeShazer. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Erin Summers. The Saints are getting ready for their home game this Sunday, 12 o'clock against the Tampa Bay Bucks. It is a divisional matchup. Right now, both teams are two and one. Whoever wins this game will have a share of first place in the division because the Atlanta Falcons are also in that running. It may seem early in the season. It may not seem like this should matter so much, but you never know which game is gonna get you at the end. So a win on Sunday could really go a long way. The Bucks are coming off a 25-11 loss to the Eagles on Monday night, so they do have a little less time to prepare for this upcoming matchup. New Bucks quarterback Baker Mayfield said this week at practice that offensively, they need to be more aggressive. They need to start faster and push the tempo. One thing that the Bucks really tried to address during the offseason was the lack of their run game and it really hasn't gotten much better this season. They rank last in the NFL in rushing average with 2.8 yards per attempt, and they are 27th in rushing yards per game. Running back Rashad White leads the team with 150 total yards on the ground. As far as Baker Mayfield goes, he's completed, he's completed 67% of his passes for 636 yards with four touchdowns and one interception through the first three games. Overall, the Bucks ranked 19th in points per game, averaging 19.3. Saints defensive coordinator Joe Woods is very familiar with Mayfield as they overlapped at Cleveland. I love Baker. Uh, very, very tough-minded player, very, very competitive. You know, I thought that he did a great job, you know, in my time when he was in Cleveland. Um, you know, always took the blame, you know, praised others, but he just has that chip on the shoulder mentality. And, he, you know, he's going to prove people wrong. And he's really playing well. I mean, I think on third down, he's number one rated quarterback right now in the NFL. But uh, he's doing a good job getting rid of the ball, going through his progressions. But uh, he has that, that tough mindset. Is that something you're preaching to your guys going, hey, like, especially, you know, it's not that toughness, yeah. ability to extend plays, it's, it's all those things. It's all that. Yeah. You know, he has a very strong arm. Um, you know, he can throw the ball anywhere. He can make all the throws. Again, he's he's athletic, so he keeps plays alive. Um, and he's tough. He'll try to run you over, too, you know, as a quarterback. But he's, I, I think, just watching him, I think he's playing really well. While the Saints are preparing for a new-look Bucks offense, defensive end Cam Jordan said the focus is really on what the Saints' defense needs to do to close out games. I think that they've, they put together, a, you know, a game plan for us. I think the, the, the first three games, they've been to each and every one of those fights, and it's something that you, you, know, you have to be aware of. I think it, it more pertains to what our defense wants to do. We, we have to be able to, to play all four quarters and improve upon, you know, the reasons why we lost last week. I think that if you hold a team to, you know, you hold a team from the previous week to nothing until eight minutes into the fourth quarter, you should have a great chance to win that game. Um, so it's more about us this week than ever before.
As far as quarterback Derek Carr goes, the Saints have not ruled him out Sunday. Tight end Foster Moreau was back at practice yesterday. However, cornerback Paulson Adebo and safety Jordan Howden did not participate for the second straight day. We'll have all of those updates and more on NewOrleansaints.com later today. For today's podcast guests, NFL on Fox sideline reporter Jen Hale joins John DeShazer and myself as Jen will be on the call for the game Sunday. Jen, it is so good to have you on the New Orleans Saints podcast. Somebody we get to see around a lot with the Pelicans, but it's nice that you get a hometown game. How are you doing? I am so excited. I have not had a home game in New Orleans in probably four years. So this is a big, big, big weekend for me. I have been busier than usual. You'd think staying home this weekend, I'd have more time, but um, arranging all sorts of visits and reservations for everybody on my crew, you know, making sure they see the very best of New Orleans. I, I have completely played concierge this week for everybody. Yeah, everybody's looking for you to be the tour guide and to take them all the places. <laughs> exactly. Makes sense. What are you looking forward to about being able to be here and, and see the Saints in person? Yeah, selfishly, uh, just that dome atmosphere, right? That dome field advantage. There are a couple of iconic, fantastic venues across the NFL that I've been lucky enough to be in. But to me, there's nothing like the Superdome. And I expect this week with the adversity that hit the team, losing Derek Carr, we think, for Sunday, and then that collapse to Green Bay, I think the Houdat Nation is going to come in full force ready to support this team. I think it's going to be so loud and crazy, assuming it's Jameis under center and not Taysom. I think everybody's going to be behind him, given the fact he's facing the team that drafted him. So I think the atmosphere is going to be unbelievable. And then, of course, selfishly for me, so many old friends at the Dome. Um, it, it, it's really like social hour for me, getting to visit with everybody and, and catch up. Life just stays too busy lately. Aaron, I, I know you know that with, with doing Pelicans and Saints. You just never have enough time in the day. Well, Jen, you picked a really, really good one to be at because, you know, the Saints and Tampa Bay can't stand each other, uh, specifically Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans. So we'll, I we'll, can't wait for that. Yeah, we'll talk about that aside a little bit later. But what have you seen from Tampa so far this season? Because, you know, a tough sledding for them in the last game against Philly. Uh, what does their offense look like? Because the first two games looked like they had it pretty much together with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Yeah, there's been a lot of surprises, pleasant surprises in the NFC South, right, J.D.? Um, yeah. Before this season kicked, so many people wrote off this division and, and just counted it as being terrible and a non-factor. And it actually, except for Carolina, has been extremely competitive. Baker Mayfield has done so much better in that offense than so many folks expected. And look, at the end of the day, a loss is an L in the column that you don't want. But that was an incredibly respectable loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. They are a fantastic team, a Super Bowl favorite in many people's eyes. So I think Tampa should feel encouraged with what they're doing. Uh, they they are certainly in rebuilding mode. It's not easy, as Saints fans know, from moving on from Drew Brees, it is not easy to move on from a Tom Brady. So there are a lot of new pieces coming into play. There are a lot of new pieces trying to fit. And I think they are exceeding expectations, no doubt. That fan base is feeling very encouraged about what they're seeing this season. Much better. If you told Tampa fans at the preseason they'd be 2-1 and one to start the season, they would take that all day long. And look, they've had the Saints number. They beat them twice last season, J.D., 
the series historically is in the is in the Saints' favor, but in recent history, the Bucks have come to play and they've capitalized. Some injuries in the secondary. They did have some problems defending, stopping the run versus the Eagles. Now, again, granted, it's the Eagles' offense, um, but I am very curious to see what they do to adjust their run defense and how Alvin Kamara comes in. Is he ready to play? Is he ready to make up for lost time? Uh, the the Bucks allowed over 200 rushing yards on the ground last week. It could be a long day for them if they let Kamara and the Saints offense get that type of yardage on the ground. Yes, they generally does not give up a whole lot on the ground, especially the previous four or five seasons where they've been, you know, first or second or top five in the league run defense. Um, but the Saints, as you mentioned, do get Alvin Kamara back and, you know, lose Derek Carr, though. You know, get, you get one guy coming and one guy going, unfortunately. Right. Unless Derek Carr can mir miraculously, you know, respond from that AC joint sprain. But, you know, with the Saints, you, you know, I know you've done your homework and you look at them from afar. Uh, what's been the thing that stood out about them? I think for us, it has been uh, the offense and I guess specifically the offensive line, which which hadn't protected very well. It has not. What is going on with Ryan Ramchek? That has been a surprise. That system just does not seem to be clicking. Now, offensive lines, they can take a little bit longer, especially with the way the new rules are. Um, you know, I was talking to uh, Frank Reich a, a couple weeks ago, and he was saying with the way the transfer portal works and the way that um these these three-year players he sees the most damage to offensive linemen he <laughs> sees them coming out as the most underdeveloped group out of all of them um it, it coupled that with with the retooling that's going on along the saints offensive line it's just taken a little bit longer hopefully for saints fans that's going to click and gel very soon uh it's a timing it's a rhythm thing i, I used to work with mark schlereth and he always described it as a dance a choreographed dance and and he thinks although it's one of the harder positions to get in rhythm once you get in rhythm you don't usually get out of it so if they can stay healthy and find their groove, uh, hopefully they'll be fine. It's going to be imperative this week, right? Especially if you have Jameis back there and at times uh, Taysom, they're going to need all the help they can get. Kamara certainly provides a, a little bit of extra safety net. You always want that if you're a backup quarterback having to jump in and start. Um, but yeah, the offensive line, if, if they're going to show up, this is the week to do it. The Saints sure need them. You know, if anybody knows about offensive line, it's going to be Stink Schlair. So, you know, we can take his we can take his advice to heart. Uh, Jen, you know, you mentioned Mike Evans or I mentioned Mike Evans for Tampa Bay, one of the one of the outstanding receivers in the league. But the Saints have Chris Olave and Chris Olave has been something else these first three games. And what are your thoughts about him? Because he looks like, you know, a wide receiver one right now. He sure does. I'm excited to see him in person. I've only watched watched him on film and on television. I haven't had the Saints in person since he came. So I'm I'm super excited to see him up close and personal. When you have that type of punch, when you can have a Michael Thomas on one side, a Chris Olave on one side, you have so many weapons, so many ways you can hurt an opposing defense. You know, it's a cat and mouse game. The defense is trying to account. For all, all people, they have to decide which one they're going to sacrifice on. And Chris Olave is making that decision incredibly difficult. I think he really took a jump this season from what I've seen on film and his decision-making and his confidence. He's in the right spot. His timing is spot on. His route tree is more crisp and precise. Thank goodness for him for this Saints group. Now, let's see if Jameis can get the ball out to him. That's the big question. How, how, how accurate can Jameis be in delivering these footballs? 
Jim, what's your travel schedule been like so far? Because I yeah, I thought you were supposed to be dialing back some and it doesn't seem like you're dialing <laughs> back a whole lot. Not a ton, um, but I do have to say I kind of got it easy for this first, the first month. Um, I had a game. Um, I was in Texas in Houston, which was not bad at all. I was in Jacksonville, which was not bad at all. I have a home game, which isn't bad at all. So I'm bracing myself for for the second the second month of the season. I'm sure they're going to get back at me, and I'm going to be on East and, and West Coast primarily so as soon as the Pels start, and and they'll be in the Midwest. That's that's the way it usually goes. You've been able to see a couple of the Saints opponents coming up this season with the Texans and the Jags, and obviously you did a lot of work with the Falcons preseason. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to be a threat to the Saints this season? I think it comes down to the old arch rivals, the Dirty Birds and the Saints. Uh, the Falcons look really good. And not only do they look really good, but boy, they inflicted some wounds on the Saints with who they took from this team. Uh, it, it's really covering them in the preseason, seeing how their defense has evolved. It was really impressive. They were way ahead of where I expected them to be. Uh, they clearly have a ton of Saints defensive hallmarks that they have brought over. And then, of course, you've got Terry Fontenot, his third year as the general manager there. They just took somebody off the Saints practice squad yesterday, as a matter of fact. Uh, they are on this New Orleans train, and, and Terry Fontenot is coming for his favorites without a shadow of a doubt. And I do have to say, as unpopular as this will be, I'm super impressed with Arthur Smith. He is an incredibly intelligent person. And Folks may know this, they may not. I'm so impressed with his work ethic because, you know, he's the son of the founder of FedEx. He doesn't have to work. That family, you know, he, he could do whatever he wanted. He grinds. It is so important to him. He talked about how he didn't sleep but three hours the whole week leading up to week one, uh, the, the debut against the Carolina Panthers. He, he digests, devours film. He's a film junkie. He loves those guys. Uh, I think he's going to be a force. He and Terry Fontenot together, they're going to be a force in this division for a long time to come. And I think I think you're seeing in year three that system start jelly, but it's just starting. I think they have a really high ceiling. Yeah, I appreciate how you started that by saying Saints fans aren't going to like to hear this because you didn't <laughs> hold anything back. <laughs> Full disclosure. Oh, and that rookie running back they have, Bajon Robinson. Yeah. Ooh, fantastic. I, I, I'm excited to see a game where he and Alvin Kamara are uh, uh, duking it out on the field. Yeah. I mean, we have them coming up. I think it's around Thanksgiving and then again towards the end of the season. So we have a little bit of time. Hopefully we can get our own run game going a little bit more before then. When you're looking at the Saints team, what are some of the storylines or players you're looking forward to getting a chance to talk to heading into this game? Uh, just got off the phone with Tyron Matthew last night. Always love seeing him. Uh, we go back way, 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 way to his high school days, as a matter of fact, at St. Aug. His dad, Mr. Tyrone, he was my UPS delivery driver um, back when I lived in the French Quarter. And he would bring me my NFL on Fox materials every week. And he told me back then, you got to watch out for my son. His name is Tyron. He wants to go to LSU. I just know he's going to make the team. He's going to be really good. So we've, we've been friends for a long, long time. How does this defense respond on Sunday? To me, that is the burning question for the Saints. Uh, it was such a bizarre letdown in Green Bay. You can understand the Saints' offense not scoring any more points when Derek went down. But what happened to the defense? How did they allow a comeback like that? 
Uh, I believe it was the second worst comeback in franchise history when it comes to fourth quarter letdowns. Are, are they motivated? Are they galvanized? Are they ready to get some redemption? It does seem to me, in speaking with Tyron and a couple of other defensive players, they're embarrassed. They have not moved on from that. They take that very personally, and they want to make up for it. And they're going to need to because this Tampa team coming off that loss to Philly that they feel like they could have and should have won had they not made some silly mistakes and had they been able to get that run defense going, which which they just had no answers last Sunday. They're going to retool. Uh, they, they have a lot more fight in that Buck squad than I gave them credit for at the beginning of the season. Jenny, you mentioned the pride the defense has. Are they taking on almost too much of a little burden here? I mean, I know they want the game on their backs, and I understand you know what a unit they are, and they're only giving up about 18 points a game. But, you know, they really seem to have to be that kind of team where they're only giving up 17, 18 points a game for this team to, to be functional right now. Yeah, I believe it's 11 straight games of giving up 20 or less points, a uh, very long active streak across the NFL. Are they taking on too much? Uh, J.D., I don't think so, because with a backup quarterback coming in, they're going to have to all do their job and do it excellently. Now, don't be watching the guy next to you to see if he's doing his job. I don't mean that way. But everybody's going to have to step up their own unique job a little bit more. And look, from what it seemed like to me, that defense just quit in the fourth quarter at Lambeau Field. They just got cocky and a little lazy. And those are the things you can obviously give a lot more there. And it's going to take locker room leaders as well, if that situation presents itself in the future, to step up on the bench and call guys out. And, and you know, J.D., the most, the most effective way to do that is to set a daily example with your work ethic, to always be the one setting the standard. Otherwise, guys don't accept that type of calling out. But but that is what needed to have happened in that fourth quarter at Lambeau because there was just no excuse for it. I loved – Tyron told me something to the effect of, you know, we're, we're not the kind of defense that doesn't lose it for our team. We want to be the type of defense that wins it for our team, not, not just relying on the offense to do that. And I think that's liquid gold. If you can have complementary football, all three phases, doing their job at an elite level – you really got something. Yeah, that locker room was kind of like a morgue after that game. No, okay, folks, I'm I'm gonna take this I'm gonna take this podcast NFL and and take it to an off ramp here and and speak non NFL because you know Jen's like my little sister. And, you know, if you see us, I obviously look older because Jen looks about fifteen. But but I spent a lot of money on that. Thank you, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but folks, you got to know this about Jen. She's the most fantastic aunt slash parent um, in in history. Um, so she she has her niece, baby D. So we're just gonna, you know, take a little off ramp here and ask how that's going because Jen had a really, really and still has a really, really busy life, but had to slow it down, kind of slam on brakes at one point in order to to pick up her niece and, and kind of pick up the, the caregiving there. So Jen, how is that going? Well, thank you for asking because it is my favorite subject in the whole wide world. Mm -hmm. Um and JD, you know, you were literally there from second one. I was on a Pelican's road trip when I happened to pick my niece up. Uh, I picked her up in Phoenix and came to Denver where the Pelicans were about to play the Nuggets. And JD, you you stepped right up that night because I had no clue what I was doing. Uh, my niece was 18 months old at the time and, and JD helped walk me through how to get a baby to sleep, how to change her diaper, how to do all this stuff. So JD, thank you. You and Shalanda have been, have been you know, family. Always, but especially since that moment. And and it always 
it will always stay with me and always mean a ton to me, your support on that road trip. Um, she is doing wonderful. She is now three years old and sassy and precocious and sweet. We're working hard on manners. She is really doing well with the please and thank you. The you're welcome isn't quite so great. Uh, she's a budding little soccer star, swimmer, and gymnast. She loves all three of those. She really... Every child has some things they need to work on and some things they excel in, right? Uh, athletics or something she she really excels in and is ahead of the curve. And then then um, you know we have we have a couple of things due to her past that we're working through. And she's a trooper. She she's going to be great. She's going to be awesome. And uh, she'll actually be at the game on Sunday. So hopefully you'll get a chance to say hello. I'm sure she'll be holding court. She she loves people and thinks everyone is there just to just to tell her hello and play with her. Yeah, very, very friendly. And thank you for the compliments. I'm obviously, you know, whatever we were able to do, you know, you're welcome to it. But Jen has done a lot of heavy lifting in that area. Okay, so now we're going to get back on the back on the interstate here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we know you have the 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 NBA schedule, obviously, with the Pelicans. Uh, but where will will your travels take you the rest of this NFL season? You know, I wish I knew. We only get our game assignments about two weeks out. So um, it is always a fun little dance. A fun little shuffle to coordinate Pelican schedule with NFL schedule, make sure I'm in the right city. That That is one of my nightmares when the seasons cross is that I forgot to book a flight or I booked a flight to the wrong city type of a thing. Uh, last year was particularly challenging just for whatever reason, wherever my football game was, my Pelicans game on Monday was on the other coast. So I'm praying that does not happen this year. I, I am excited Last year, I believe it broke down that 11 out of the first 15 Pelicans games were on the road. And this year, it's the opposite. The majority are at home. So that will certainly make life much easier for me. And hopefully, it'll be a good start for the team. Let them ease in with a home crowd instead of having to go to hostile territory against uh, playoff contention teams like they had to last season. Um, and of course, you know, we're, we're blessed enough to get to travel on the team plane, which, which makes the basketball travel much easier than the NFL travel. <laughs> It's not only football and basketball talk shows, all of the stuff broadcasting that you're doing, but you reopened a bar by LSU, correct? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. If my niece is my favorite subject, Erin, that's probably my second favorite. Uh, <laughs> going back in the day and dating myself, um, folks around my age and older will remember Murphy's from uh, the LSU days. Well, myself and several other former LSU athletes uh, decided that, that it needed to have new life and come back into this world. So it's it's a redone version of Murphy's. It's Murphy's Bar and Grill on Chimes. Very close to the old location, but not the exact location. And the great thing is, um, it is it is literally right across the street from campus. One of the things that has changed so much from when I was a student, nothing's on campus anymore. You have to drive to everything. And I think that presents a litany of dangers for students, especially young women. We've, we've read and heard some horror stories lately of terrible things happening to young ladies. So this bar is right across the street from campus, but we also have a shuttle, several shuttles, as a matter of fact, that will pick you up on campus at sorority houses, at dorms, take you to the bar, take you home. We invested a ton in lighting, a ton in security. There is always live security guards present. Uh, in the bathroom, we even have a code for the girls. Uh, you order certain shots depending on your situation. So if you've had too much to drink and you need your own ride home, there's a code word for that. If someone's bothering you and you need 
uh, the off-campus security to come sit with you or remove somebody from around you, there's a code for that. So we've really tried hard to do this in the vein of let's help students have so much fun like we did, but let's make sure we do it as safely as possible because it's a different world now than when we were there. No, I love that. I really like that the thought that went into all of that. And I'm sure you're having a lot of fun reminiscing from some of your times in college and when you were able to, I guess you had a little more free time back then. A little more. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're looking forward to having you here on Sunday. I'm sure we'll see you on the sidelines and be able to watch all of your reports and Pelican season is going to be here before you know it. So we'll get a lot of you in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm excited. I miss you guys. And I can't wait to see BI and TJ in action. Everything I've heard is just rave reviews. They're both supposed to be in unbelievable shape. And, and again, I can't wait to see this matchup on Sunday. I think it's going to be a really good one. Two teams with the same record. This is the game. This is the type of game at the end of the season comes back to bite you if you don't win. It's yeah. the one that keeps you out of the playoffs, keeps you out of the wild card, that type of thing. So I think both teams are going to come ready to play and it's going to be a good show. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. We obviously want to walk away with the win, but hopefully you get a good game too for the broadcast. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, thank you, Jen. Thanks for having me, guys. Always, always love visiting with you. Thanks, Jen. Lots to look forward to this weekend with the Saints and in the upcoming weeks for the Pelicans. Cannot wait to see Jen on Sunday and, of course, Baby D. Our pregame coverage starts at 11 a.m. Sunday. John and I will be live from the Superdome. You can watch on NewOrleansSaints.com or Twitter slash X at Saints, even YouTube if you like. After the game, Scott Shanley will join me for a full breakdown, so make sure you tune in. Thanks for checking in with us today. Enjoy the weekend. And if you're going to the game Sunday, please be loud. Got to get this W. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast.